Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Uh, Sydney, it's a very exciting day, as you well know. It is an exciting day. No. It is the uh, is the birthday, first birthday, of our daughter, Charlie Gail McElroy. Yay! <clears throat> Happy birthday, Chuck. Yes. Um, We've I'm, told her several times today, but I don't really think not sure it's, she it. it's clicked. Yeah. She doesn't seem to understand why we keep singing at her. Uh, but she seems to be happy with her new toy piggy bank and her potsy the pot. She seems to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, o- overall, she seems pleased with the fact that she got new things today. Yeah, that seems so to have clicked that... with her. You know, there's so many changes in the first year. I think the the one that's probably the most profound and moving to me as a parent is that the things... We kept her alive this long? Is that... Yeah, that was an, an achievement in itself. But that's a big thing. Like, yeah, you know... Um, we did it. We did it. Yay. Not um, the things you clean up as a parent get grosser, I think, over the first year of life. I think that's very true. Like if you start first with the obvious, like um, when they poop, it's just like, you know, at first it's just like kind of yellow and mustardy and whatever, whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't smell like anything really. Not really. No, Mm-mm. that is not true. After they start eating food, no, no. Then I mean, then it's like, well, I mean, you probably know because it's like. Poop. I I used to know what go, what went into her body was just breast milk, so it was like you could only be so freaked out. Now I don't know what all goes in there. She sneaks a lot of things in there when I'm not looking. Car- I carpet lint, <laughs> yes, saltines, saltine crumbs from the carpet. She yes, she finds like her remnants from earlier. Maybe she remembers where she leaves them. Yesterday, Maybe that's I, intentional. I looked through her vomit and said, you know, I think those chunks of cheese we're giving her are too big. These don't seem very well chewed. I'm just like staring at it like just, just three in the morning. Like, Charlie's you know not sick. She just, I, I think she just got too uh, worked up. And I, actually that was on her birthday. And so she'd had cake. Well, today is her birthday. It was her well, birthday Okay, party. it was on her birthday party. And anyway. she had cake. Anyway, and so she puked. And, like, you really see everything. I mean, she puked all over it's me. So, so I was intimately familiar with it. Like, I threw the shorts away. Literally, I just threw them away. Threw them like, in the garbage. They were covered in pieces of meat stick, which that's a... Anyway. But, uh, you know, cleanup, I think, her, keeping her hygiene straight is is the is the biggest change, I think, over the past year. Well, you know, Justin. And more hair, also more hair. Well, yeah, that too. But hygiene is very important. Well, I'm glad to hear that because if I've been wasting my time cleaning up uh, after her uh, vomit, then I would be very frustrated, I think. 
No, no, you've not been wasting your time. We've known for a long time that cleaning ourselves in different ways to various degrees is important. Um, and, uh, and I think that may be an interesting thing to talk about. Do it then, Sydney. All right. Well, let's talk about some hygiene. I want to thank several people who suggested this topic. Thank you, Lauren, Annie, and Russell. Uh, hygiene, the word hygiene, comes from the, the Greek goddess of health, Hygieia. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because if you think about it, why? Because I'm going to talk about some, some old, old, you know, ancient hygiene practices. But why do we, as a species, naturally tend to, you know, clean ourselves? Why do we, why do we think that's important? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think that it just feels right. It feels better than being dirty, I think. A lot of people have looked into this to see, is there some connection? Is there some evolutionary advantage to feeling gross, you mm-hmm. know, so to speak, uh, to getting yucked out at yourself and to wanting to get cleaned up? You're in filth. Um, yeah. And the, the thought is that there probably is an evolutionary advantage because when you're growing you know, like fungal infections or if there's bacterial infections stewing places on your body, it smells bad. And so the, you know, the quest for no BO is probably, you know, ingrained in our DNA as a quest to remove possibly disease-causing organisms. Hmm. And that's uh, indicated by the fact that ants clean themselves. Really? To remove fungus, like little fungal organisms that grow on them. The ants clean them. Spiny lobsters will actually avoid other lobsters when they have viral infections, so they'll stay away from lobsters that may be gross. Um, and uh, bees actually leave the hive to go to the bathroom, like to, you know, have a, How polite. a number two, a bee number two. <laughs> How polite. Yeah, they don't want to contaminate it. This very mannerly of, of bees. I, I think I already thought I already thought a lot of them. Because uh, I really like the honey sriracha glaze from Pizza Hut. But now I'm like way more I than bees. I don't know that bees invented that. No, well, they didn't invent it, but they played an integral role. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's contrary to, I think, the human inclination to return home, you know, for your private for, bathroom for your, time. Yeah, for your <laughs> to make a bathroom. Secret bathroom. Um, most fish, birds, and mammals clean themselves in their area, you know, their nests or their hives or their, you know, huts or hovels or whatever in some way. So it's not just humans. Everybody mm. tends to to stray towards cleanliness. Um, they've even seen chimpanzees cleaning each other, specifically uh, mommy and daddy chimpanzees cleaning off baby chimps' butts after they poop. How sweet. So, yeah. So this is something that, I mean, you know, it kind of, it goes beyond social construct, most likely. Um, for us, like I said, it, the way that it manifests is probably discussed when we see something that we identify as like that's gross that's yucky it's probably because it causes some kind of illness and so it's our we're biologically programmed to say stay away from that Mm -hmm. or get it off me yeah Um, yucky they've they've done a lot of studies to try to figure out what we think is yucky (laughs) like showed people pictures of things and said like is this yucky Mm -hmm. or is this yucky and anchovies dirt mushrooms um are these yucky things other people's pp yeah, those are some yucky things I know about. <laughs> I could go for literally minutes naming yucky things. Don't test me. Don't, let's not, that, you know what? You can do your own separate episode later, which is just you naming yucky things. For a half for, hour. For a half hour. Do some ASMR yeah. stuff. Who would love that? <laughs> um, it seems also that they found that younger people. Stale chips. You're going to keep doing this throughout the. No, yeah, no, okay. I promise I'm not. 
They've also found that younger people rotten cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is our this is our show, and women are more susceptible, maybe, to yucky feelings. And then there was some thought as like, is that because women are involved in like bearing children, carrying children, bearing children, so they they yeah. need to be yucked out by things more easily so they can stay healthier. Wow. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So we can further the species, you know? So I'll take your word for it. I tend to not comment on things like this. I don't know. It, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. Right. Um, although I would say between the two of us, you are much more easily yucked out than me. Um. Yeah, probably. But like, you're kind of a special case because you have, you like have cut people open a lot of times. I wouldn't say a lot of times because I'm not a surgeon, so that kind of makes me sound like a serial killer. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Enough times, more times than me? Yes, by well, a that's... a fair margin? I would hope so. Yep. <laughs> um, as far back as the Paleolithic era, you see, uh, like, devices that people kind of made to, like, tweeze, you know, their eyebrows and trim their beards and, and whatnot, um, which was probably a way to remove parasites, you know, lice and stuff, so... You know why? Why else would you shave your hair? Well, it may have also been hot, I guess, but but mainly <laughs> to get maybe just want a new look. Come on, <laughs> that's crazy. The only reason you shave your head is because of disease. That's why I know a lot of bald guys with a Z that would be really upset by that. Uh, soap dates way back to Babylonian times, um, but the Greeks and the Romans tended to use oil instead to to clean themselves. Um, they. I don't know. They just preferred that method. They thought it felt better. You know, we've talked about that before. The Romans, more, especially rubbing themselves. More erotic. Exactly. More erotically charged. It's much more erotic. Um, the Romans, of course, also had a plumbing system as well as public baths. So, you know, hygiene, the idea of bathing and a waste removal system, even some toilets that would have like uh, flowing water underneath them, a way to get rid of your, that was already kind of a concept, hmm. you know, that far back. Um, and again, this is before we had any idea of why it was important to stay away from, from you know, human waste. Um, they also would use, they didn't have toilet paper, of course, and in lieu of that, they would use a sponge on a stick. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> they get you really clean, I bet. Oh, yeah. And what a great feeling, too. Can't feel fresher than that. Is that true? Do you know? Th- Wait, I bet. I bet. You, I bet. Um, I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet you can't feel fresher than that. I don't know where you keep that, uh, but just make sure I never find it. <laughs> Deal. Uh, there was also sometimes if they didn't, I guess if you didn't have a really fancy sponge on a stick, um, you could also use little ceramic pebbles. Um, to what? Like they exfoliate? Uh, pesoy. Pesoy. Like pesoy? those salt scrubs you get uh, it to uh, clean your bath and body works? No, like to clean your butt after you go to the bathroom. Just rub it on some rocks like a dog. Yeah, just use some rocks. And they, like they even note like just like three should be sufficient. Don't get Don't get too ostentatious with your rock usage like mm-hmm. three pebbles should take care of it i guess for most people and don't go skipping that those stones across the pond we swim in there that's foul <laughs> um it's I, I read an interesting historical side note that some of these pebbles pesoy may have originally been what was called ostraca which were pieces of ceramic on which um like if you wanted to vote somebody out of town if everybody hated somebody you could all write down names on little ceramic stones and turn them in and then i guess if they had enough votes they would get voted out of town so and that's where the word ostracized comes from and also where the show survivor comes from well i thought about that so it's kind of like survivor except if afterwards you use the paper where you wrote the name down to wipe your butt (laughs) maybe they do they there's a lot of editing that happens in those shows we don't know what happens beyond the scenes (laughs) 
Um, but you know, we were talking, uh, uh, talking the Romans up pretty well here. They also, although they did have a plumbing system, they also were not that afraid of, you know, dirt and, and being dirty and, and kind of the idea that you were sweaty and needed a shower or a bath because, um, it was known that they would sell the dirt and the sweat and the oil that they would like collect in little vials off of famous athletes, um, to people to use as face cream. Oh, that's where uh, Axe Body Spray comes from. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. We're going to get a nasty letter from Axe Body Spray. Let him come at me. <laughs> um, there's also some evidence, if you look back in ancient writings, there are a lot of, of different uh, thinkers who advise that you stay away from sick people with this basic idea that there's something out there that could make you sick. Um, we uh, The Ebers Papyrus also mentioned soap. Um, it was made back before we knew, I mean, we, we kind of always knew how to make soap. Uh, we used to make it out of like water and these alkali salts and you could use either an oil or an animal fat. So, you know, we kind of, we've known how to make salt for a long time. Uh, Pliny was the first one, one of our favorite characters. Good old Pliny. Pliny the Elder, uh, who, who talked about soap or called, or it was called sapo, uh, which really is just the word for soap. Yeah. It, just it doesn't mean mixed up it the P and the soap. O. Yeah. <laughs> Um, noting that it was made from tallow and ashes. However, Pliny says this is really, you know, it doesn't have a lot of uses, unlike a lot of other things that Pliny would be like, oh, this is good for everything. Uh, no, soap was good for um, hair pomade. <laughs> a great look. I mean, that's true. I, it's weird that he didn't see the benefits of soap, and yet he was so hot on, like, like fox hair mixed up with yeah. grease. Well, he kind of wrote about it scornfully, like, all these men today with their fancy soap hair. Maybe Jeez. that was the only thing he could figure out to do with it. Like, what is this? In stuff? my day, we just shaved our heads <laughs> because of because disease, of lice. Apparently, <laughs> and lice. Uh, there's a there's a story that there was a Mount Sapo where, um, and that this is where soap comes from. That there were there's this mountain where animals were sacrificed. And because the animals were killed there and burned, that there was like this collection of animal fat and ashes that kind of flowed from the mountain and that people like gathered that up and that was the creation of soap. Uh, but how, how fascinating. I never knew that origin story of soap. Well, that's not true. Oh, well, I've forgotten it instantly. And it's a cool story. I wish it was true. What story? I've already banished it from my mind. Just keep thinking of gross things that you can tell me about later. Coming up next. Coming up after the break. Gum on the bottom of your chair. <laughs> Hate that. <laughs> Who put it there? Not me. Uh, Galen had the revolutionary idea of using the soap that, that Pliny talked about as hair pomade for washing oneself. Um, even noting that if you wanted the best soap, you would go to the Germans. And if you wanted the second best soap, you would go to Gaul or France. Uh, Gaul. Those are town Malta for a long time. Gaul, home of the second best soap. <laughs> when you can't make it to Germany, turn to Gaul. <laughs> Their soap's pretty good. Their soap's okay. For washing. Um, and it's also something that you'll find in, in many major religious texts, the idea that there should be certain, you know, cleansing rituals or at least, you know, keep yourself clean. Um, and that's also where we kind of, um, we've talked about before the idea of a miasma theory of disease, like the disease is kind of floating around in the air and that if you inhale these foul airs that you'll get sick. 
Um, it initially was a religious term. It referred to a stain or a sin hmm. of some kind, something that offended the gods or the, or God. Um, but eventually it became associated with disease. And you see this kind of linkage in, in religious texts where there's this um, bad, you know, you need to cleanse yourself to, to, you know, spiritually cleanse yourself, but you also need to literally, like, take a bath and a shower because God likes that. Yeah, God approves um, Hand washing was actually a thing long before we understood why we were doing it, but really just before meals. Um, but it was it was suggested that before you go sit down and eat, you you wash your hands. Why are they doing it? I think. I mean, I, I, my guess would be that this is a time when there were a lot of people with really dirty hands. Yeah, I mean, it has to be just a visual thing if nothing else, right? Like your hands look dirty. You've been working exactly. on your farm all day or whatever, right? And you actually have like particles that you can see of things on your hands. So you're not washing it with the intention that I'm going to remove disease-causing bacteria and viruses. You're washing your hands because you don't want to get like cow poop on your food, probably. Like just because of the theory of germ. Well, just because germ theory wasn't a thing yet doesn't mean like dirty wasn't. Like people still understood dirty. You don't have to be a, you know, uh, particularly advanced to get that. Yeah. And it's interesting because even as we're going to talk about a time when bathing wasn't a cool thing to do, Mm -hmm. uh, because there is a time period where bathing falls greatly out of favor, you know, unlike like we have the Romans and all of these public baths and everybody likes these long kind of sensual kind of orgy-esque bathhouses uh and then we move into a long long period of time where that's not cool people are still washing their hands which is good because we usually ate with our hands Mm -hmm. um however after a while uh we kind of move a step backwards from the the sponge on the um stick idea that kind of fades things got worse from that things got worse and then you see people using in addition to like stones that we mentioned like corn cobs and leaves snow seashells grass animal fur or just your hands um if you had nothing else so so what's next what's next what's next time period well before i before i take you there justin will you come with me to the billing department let's go Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing 
for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're going to talk about pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So, Sid, what, medieval times, what, what, what was going on there in regards to cleanliness? So when people think about, like, because there's a lot of talk about how old, back in the olden days, olden Olden times. The olden people. times. Yes. Oh, olden. What do we call them? Olden people. Whatever we. Old timey people. Old timey people. Old timey people times. in the olden times. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how gross they were, and this is usually what people were talking are are talking about. Is Much the, of it on this program. Yeah, we joke about that a lot. Uh, some of it is not well founded, and then there some of it is. So in medieval times, bathing started to fall out of fashion somewhat. Um, Initially, as we enter the medieval period, it was okay, um, but it, it wasn't done in big public bathhouses. Those start to fall out of fashion, and you see those slowly being closed, especially by, like, the churches. The church got involved, and um, and part of it was in an effort to stop syphilis. Excellent. So you start seeing the closing of public bathhouses for that reason. Um, but it was still okay to take a bath, and in fact, uh, a married couple's first bath together was a really important part of you really know like crowded a, part of their really uncomfortable <laughs> honestly part of their yeah what are you trying to say i'm saying that medieval tubs were probably not the the spacious oh, okay. luxurious tubs and maybe like you know they're waiting all night for this night and then they're like move your elbow i love you <laughs> but please just move your arm i'm suffocating are we done yet are we done yet uh, there's even, I, I guess, there's a fresco of a married couple having their first bath together in the town hall in um, uh, San Jimmy. Jimmy, say that for me, Justin. Oh, San Gimigano, <laughs> Italy, Italy, a town in Italy. You a could just write a town in Italy. There's a town in your Italy. notes. And there, what? And you want me to make just, it up? Just write, no, just say there's a town hall in a small town in Italy. I'm trying to be accurate. You're not. You just failed miserably. You made me try to be accurate for you. <laughs> Over time, this um, favorable view of bathing started to change. This is because of a couple of things. First, um, it, you would only have access to what we would consider like a proper bath if you were rich or, or probably royalty. Um, 
otherwise you may not have had a bathtub or certainly the means to get all the water you would need to fill it up because i mean obviously you didn't have plumbing right so um if you were royalty your bath would involve you climbing into your very fancy copper tub that was lined with something very soft and you would sit in there naked while servants came um bucket by bucket heating up water and then dumping it into the tub around you and probably with some scented oils and it would be very luxurious and take a very long time sounds nice um, now, if you couldn't afford sounds that, like a, sounds like so, what it sounds like to me is a, is like a, a dish soap commercial, like just a, <laughs> just a guy imagining himself in that scenario, you know, while he's washing away. dishes. Well, he's like, you think it's that then it's like smash cut to him, like inhaling the bottle of like Dawn or something. It's like, this is where he's just whisking away to. <laughs> this is the new Calgon ad. Yeah, we got we bought a bottle of Dawn that was like mango beach vacation is like i really if you need to be whisked away by the scent of your dishwashing detergent you should probably like try to reprioritize like just do like really if you need that for like if that's your like if that's your bit of serenity in the world it's like oh god let's get these dishes clean like i really really need to reorganize uh, or just start, you know, saving up a little bit at a time and go to the beach. That said, I still bought it. So, like, where am I at? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a moving target, folks. Um, so, like I said, if you couldn't afford these these very fancy bathtubs that you're dreaming of while Justin's dreaming of while he's washing dishes mm-hmm. later, um, then you may have, like, a modest, smaller tub in your home that you could go through the time and trouble of filling up for yourself or maybe even a barrel. Ugh. If you didn't have anything else, um, God, I always want to take a bath in a barrel. There's nothing <laughs> funnier than that to me. If you uh, if you did have a bathtub like this, but you weren't a royal person, then you were probably going to share that bath water with your family because oh, no. you went through a lot of time and effort. If you did bother to get it heated up, to get it all heated up and fill up this big tub, and then you're going to have to empty it all out. So what would happen is that Dad would get first crack at the at the tub, and then Mom. And it just kind of goes down the line from there, starting with the oldest child all the way down to the youngest, who goes last mm-hmm. in the dirtiest of dirty bathwater, which is where the phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, comes from. How nice. And also... No, that's not nice. <laughs> well, that's very nice to know, but that's crazy that they were making their, hey, baby, you ready to get that immune system cranked? <laughs> hey, baby. Time to time to activate that vitamin C that you're not getting. <laughs> um, I you know I we would at least be in okay we would have been in okay positions as the oldest children you know I guess I mean we just you have just to go bought, right in the bathe middle in your mom and dad's <laughs> filth. <laughs> that's about, doing well. Think about Riley and Griffin; they're at the bottom of this chain. Right, that's a lot know? of. Ugh, this is yucking me out. Can we move on to another thing? So, okay, so maybe you're you're lucky enough to not be able to afford that. Uh, then, then you don't have a bathtub at all. So you may go your whole life and never be fully submerged in water. Ugh. Um, uh, in which case you would just kind of dab at yourself with like a damp cloth, um, and whatever water you had access to when you had the time and then you would probably just put on a lot of something floral something Mm -hmm. scented to try to hide all the you know the icky smell we're obviously talking i would guess here in places that are landlocked if you're if you're living uh, on the water as a lot of people did 
uh, I imagine there's, you know, it's a lot easier to keep up with this stuff. Absolutely. And you see that. You see people who live on uh, rivers or lakes or oceans, certainly, you know, actually going out and taking baths that way um, for the most part. Not not all the time, though. Mm. We'll talk about that. But, um, um, well, let's talk about that now, because that's the that's the other reason you wouldn't have bathed. So yeah. let's say you did have a tub, but you may not have bathed anyway for uh, moral reasons. Oh, really? So there was a period of time where the idea of getting naked and immersing yourself in water was considered kind of unholy. Um, like why? Uh, the idea that just it was it could lead you to sin um, because, you know, you were naked and feels good to be in the water yeah i'm i get this there's a lot of times i catch a glimpse of myself fresh out of the <laughs> shower and think mm, look at you time to get some sinning done that is what i think the, there was a lot of association with the public bathhouses as part of why this happened and those were seen as, as places of sin um but just in general there was this belief that once you were kind of exposed and submerged in water that the devil could get in and so you know, there was also some health concern that, like, you were more um, susceptible to disease if you were naked in water. Because um, it could, like, swim in. We didn't yeah. know anything. No, we, we didn't. Just guessing. We thought water carried disease. Well, which was sometimes true. So, yeah, fair. But that you would get it if you if you got in a bathtub. And so there were some people who maybe even could have had access to a tub but didn't. So um, so it became like, like, for instance, there were a lot of monasteries where the monks recognized that they they should clean themselves somewhat. And so like it would become part of the ritual like twice a year you would take a bath. And they would just like chain themselves up like Wolfman. Like, listen, <laughs> I'm going to come to you when I'm fresh out of that bath. I'm going to say a lot of things. I'm going to say that I want to. Uh, I want to be gluttonous. I want to eat too much. I want to uh, stay up past my bedtime. You can't let me do any of this, okay? <laughs> just just chain me down. Wait till the impulses pass. Wait till I get dirty again. Wait till I'm dirty again. And then I'll be fine. Give me my robes and let's go pray together. Uh, another way that your life was probably better if you were royalty, which is probably always true about everything, yeah, most, right? Most everything, yeah. But but particularly hygiene, is that um, you may have had a toilet of sorts if you were royalty. Um, they actually had like little rooms with kind of basically like a board with a hole in it over a bigger hole uh, that emptied into the moat. Cool. That's going to keep out those intruders. So think about that. That's what's in that moat. You know, all the storybooks you think they're alligators no nope. nope. much worse or or mean alligators also <laughs> they're very angry angry they're angry about what's happening i hate people i'm angry about it in retrospect yeah it's poor gross. things um however if you if you weren't royal then for these purposes you probably just dug a hole and then you buried it afterwards um if you were the king not only would you have a toilet you may have a royal potty chair so to speak like you can you can find pictures of these like these really nice ornate <laughs> like chairs with holes in them they look like like bedside potty chairs that you'd have if you were like in the hospital or you know you couldn't make it back and forth to the bathroom yeah. only really nice like not made out of like pvc pipe like they're really nice <laughs> um but in addition to this you would also have someone whose job it was to clean you up afterwards oh. um, they were known as the groom of the stool okay and their entire job Excellent. was to wipe the king's butt after he was done. But uh, you hate to see that answer on the career aptitude test, huh? This is what you're <laughs> best suited for? Oh, man. 
I was hoping for at least engineer. No, in fact, you would love to see that. It was a highly prized position because a lot of uh, noblemen who start well and, and noblemen, they were usually very young when they would be given this position, would ascend to um, being the king's like private steward. That's like pretty much the definition of a rags to riches tale, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, they would know the king's most intimate, intimate secrets. So they usually became the king's most trusted, you know. Our buddy. beloved leader loves corn. <laughs> Only so I gross. know how much he enjoys corn. Okay, please we have. Please is, we have to move on. Please, now. I can't talk on. about this anymore. Please move on. Okay, so so all of these things, you know, this fear of bathing and people are don't have toilets. This persisted, and the 18th century in particular was a was a pretty smelly time. No one bathed. Uh, very often, at least, uh, there was no deodorant. Um, most people, if they didn't go, you know out to the bathroom and bury it outside they would have a chamber pot under their bed where they would you know pee and other things and then of course i think we all know where those things were emptied we've all heard those stories sure into the river safely no tossed out your window into the street street. right that's what i meant uh toilet paper proper didn't show up until about the 1880s really the the hero of this particular tale Um, so until then, people are still using uh, anything they can find, including their hands. Um, bed bugs were everywhere, despite the fact that beds were consistently wiped down with kerosene. Um, people were constantly covered with bugs. A lot of this had to do with like there were thatched roofs and thatched like straw floors in a lot of places. And so that didn't particularly keep the bugs out, mm-hmm. you know, especially over top. So it was not uncommon for bugs to fall from the ceiling and, and all kinds of manner of creatures to fall from the ceiling into your food, onto your hair, onto whatever. Um, that's actually why canopy beds became so popular. Oh. oh. They protect you from all the bugs that could fall on you at night. Oh. Um, the streets were filled with animal Take dung. Take some of the romance out of them. <laughs> yes, I know. They, they have a whole new look now. Yeah. Um, uh, most people had lice. No one did much of anything to their teeth. Um, and we won't even talk about women and menstrual care because that's a whole we are we already did a whole episode on that but it was no fun either fair enough um in the 19th century bathing habits may have been even worse if you can believe it i mean this is really the time period where people are just never in water um but we do have toilet paper by now so we start to see chamber pots fade away a little bit um and even deodorant now exists so as a as a culture we're getting a little less smelly um and then as we move into the 20th century we we have the germ theory of disease we start to understand bacteria we start uh Semmelweis, who we have referenced many times and never really talked about mm-hmm. we will we will um but uh we start to wash our hands a little more we start bathing a little more regularly um and then you know we start to see hygiene improving at this point um, it also helps when we start changing houses to like wood and concrete and stuff like that. Sure. So that, keep, you know, bugs aren't out. constantly coming in your house. Um, uh, one, a couple interesting facts. Um, one is that uh, m- most people in the time period when you would only bathe once a year or twice a year, maybe most people used to bathe in May. I don't know why that was the bathing month, but May was the most popular month for baths, which is why June became the wedding month. Oh, because you weren't that smelly yet. Right. You're still relatively clean. It's also part of why brides carry flowers. Oh, 
Wow, okay. Yeah, to c- cover up whatever smell they may yeah, have. Yeah, so full of trivia tonight. I'm really enjoying the trivia on this episode. Uh, many people would only have had four outfits. They would wear one a season. This contributed to the overall... Yeah, stinkiness. Stinkiness. Um, and anytime you see a portrait of someone with a really elaborate wig, you should probably think about all the lice that's hiding in there. I'd rather not. Thanks. You know, it's interesting now we're kind of uh, moving away. I mean, obviously most people bathe and wash their hands and we have toilet paper and plumbing and you know we understand the importance of clean water and all those things um but there's a movement slightly away from hygiene now as the idea that we got too hypersensitive about germs i think we've kind of alluded to this before Mm -hmm. um but that we all have like a normal bacterial population that lives in us Mm -hmm. our bacterial flora um that uh you, you know i've mentioned this before i think you're more bacteria than human you have more bacterial cells than human cells. I know they're uh, so happy to return to this fact. So happy to hear that again. <laughs> and that's important. You need those bacteria. They do all kinds of things for you and they protect you from worse bacteria, which is why, we're, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis is telling you to eat yogurt. From my poops. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's where probiotics came from. And, um, and the hygiene hypothesis, again, I think we've talked about this, where like if you're too clean, then maybe that's where we get like allergies and asthma. And this is also why people tell you to, we didn't really talk about this, to eat honey for allergies. The idea that you're exposing yourself through like local honey. So if it's honey from your area, you're exposing yourself through the honey to like local hmm. allergens and things. And then you're less likely to develop allergies. You're, you're less likely to suffer from allergies to them. Huh. Um fascinating yeah so so i don't know maybe we got too carried away maybe we're too clean you know what i'm happy right where we're at maybe <laughs> we could scale back a little bit but i don't need to i don't need i i, I just know i'd be a groom of the stool i just know me that's where i would end up <laughs> i don't need to return to those days uh sid we're going to be just like a couple weeks from now we're going to be in the pacific northwest that's right portland vancouver and seattle not in that order. Portland, Seattle, Vancouver is the order. Uh, Portland sold out. Sorry about that. But we still do have tickets, although they're going pretty fast. They're starting to pick up because the shows are getting fairly close. Uh, uh, st- tickets are still available for Seattle. Uh, these are shows with uh, my brother, my brother, me, the Advice Podcast with my brothers. So uh, the address to get those tickets is bit.ly forward slash mbmbam Seattle and bit.ly forward slash van mbmbam. So uh, tickets are like 20 bucks, I think, something like that. And uh, we'll be there. We're selling some cool new posters and uh, stuff like that. But it's going to be fun. So if you could uh, come out to those shows, we'd love to see you. Yeah. And we're bringing along my little sister, Riley. Mm-hmm. And Chuck. Chuck's will be there. Yeah. Uh, they probably will see her. Hopefully she'll be asleep. If she's not asleep yet, we have failed as parents, <laughs> uh, which is possible. Um, uh, thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our our uh, program, you should go patronize them. Uh, just Google them. Go buy all their stuff. And uh, thanks to the Max Fun Network for having us on. I want to tell you about a new show, Sid. It's called Can I Pet Your Dog? Uh, mm-hmm. It's about dogs. First episode features... That's a, that's uh, a good title for a show yeah, about dogs. Yeah, first show about dogs. First episode features uh, our buddy Lynn manuel Miranda, uh, uh, creator of the huge smash probably hit Hamilton, talking about his dog, Toby. And uh, it's produced by my brother, Travis. So it's a good show, and you should listen to it. And uh, that's going to do it for us, Sid. Yeah, and, and make sure and wish Charlie a happy birthday in your thoughts tonight <laughs> to, to as you're falling asleep. Send out those good birthday vibes to Charlie. <laughs> Until next Wednesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.